podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. For those that don't know, the Transfer Touch-Up is a podcast usually reserved for the subscribers of the Fighting Cop Patreon account. Given the news around Ndombele arriving... Uh, and to encourage new Patreon sign-ups because we fucking love money. And I mean really, really fucking love money. We thought we'd release it to give you a taste of what's behind the paywall. In addition to this podcast you're about to hear, we also produce a brand new weekly podcast called No Holds Barred. If you're one of these people that gets to the end of the podcast or consider yourself one of the 30%, you'll no doubt enjoy listening to us talk about everything from politics, sex, fighting, knife crime, dubious behaviour, dating and drugs. Um, yeah, there's tons of additional bonus content on top of that. Hundreds of hours we've actually done of podcasting that you can listen back to right now if you sign up. It's www.thefightingcock. Fuck it, it ain't that at all. It's www.patreon. P A T R E A E O R. There's tons of additional content already. Hundreds of hours of podcasting that you can listen back to right now. Um, and it. You can also access the 30% Telegram group. Telegram's like a, a messenger app like WhatsApp. Um, the reason why I'm hesitating to tell you this is that I've completely lost control of the group. There's like 450 Spurs fans in there. And um, yeah, it's descended somewhat. So apologies in advance for whatever you see inside that group. It's not reflective of the fighting cock. Uh, although, you know, in a way it is. But it's not my fault. That's that, that's what I'm getting to. So, uh, in order to sign up for the Patreon, it's www.patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock. It costs $7 a month. So, there you have it. Sign up for the fighting cock Patreon, support what we do, and get loads of shit in return. Uh, but if, if you don't do that, then just enjoy the transfer touch up. This is the last one you're ever going to hear. Unless you become a patron and you get it all. All right, Barley, Me and Spook talk about Ndombele's arrival and what this means for Spurs going forward. Enjoy. Transfer Touch-Up, episode six. Today we're joined by Barley and Spook. How you doing, boys? Good, Flav. How are you? I'm fucking amazing. Good, <laughs> We've signed a player. Well, we sort of We signed. haven't. We haven't actually signed him yet, have we? Barley, anyone, just talk. 
<laughs> I was waiting for Barley's to say something. But this is the first time I've actually spoken about football since the Champions League final. I've been, I haven't been on a podcast or done anything football related really since mm. then. So uh, it's good to come on with some positivity and something good to talk about. So about ten o'clock last night, um, news was coming through that the transfer from Dombele to Tottenham has be- had become tangible. We'd be we'd heard rumours, many rumours over the last few weeks. And beyond that, we've been tracking him for about a year. It seems like the link between Tot- Tottenham and Ndombele had been going on for 12 months at least. So it's certainly a player that we've been tracking. But then, you know, you know when you realise that a rumour is true is when the fans of other clubs start properly getting on it and saying, I can't believe that we've lost. <laughs> like Man United fans have especially been like, I don't know, they're, they're, they're behaving like they're a big club. And uh, I, I think that's what was interesting last night, where it became very real, was when all the other clubs, you know, fans started talking about us nicking what seems to be a legitimate top-class player. Barty, what do you think? I uh, this is and this is an insane signing. This is a um, a well-respected, incredible prospect of a player. He's not even a prospect. He's 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 already performing at such a high level, and for us to come out and drop sixty-two million pounds on this player, it's it's, what the, it's the kind of statement we've been waiting for Daniel Levy to do, and it kind of matches the ambition of the stadium and Pochettino. This, this could be a, um, a game-changing signing. Shit. Spook. Yes, uh, it's a statement, Mots- man. It is. Tottenham Hotspur are set to make their first signing since uh, Lucas Moura over 500 days ago. Uh, uh, how does it feel? It's like, it's like a trophy in itself. This actually, I think this feels <laughs> as good as winning the League Cup. Like, League Cup... <laughs> and 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 Dombele's signing we're on a parallel here right yeah I mean it, it gives us a buzz I mean, we've forgotten what it means to actually bring in a new player but the fact that this could happen and it looks like happening and it could be the first of a few uh, it kind of makes a mockery of what we've done over the past year whether they've been patiently waiting for certain players to become, become available or whether we now have the funds to spend, the fact that we are going to drop over 60 million quid uh, will shut up a lot of people and it'll make a statement and it'll rejuvenate the squad. Like we need, we need something new in there, you know, just to, to to get that midfield going again. So, but I won't believe it until I see it. You know, even though the vibes are really positive, he's. I did an ITK photograph of him in Burger King at Heathrow Airport. <laughs> sat next to his agent well, and the, then I'll the believe it. Rumours around are saying that he, he's already been at the training ground um, before he went away on this international duty he went and had a look around the training ground and had met Pochettino <coughs> so it seems like something was in the works for a long time and uh, the, what we're hearing now is just a kind of tail end of all the work that's gone into signing a player of his quality. Um, I mean this is the, if, if you just look at the player himself and, and what he brings he, we, we've been desperate for a Dembele replacement, somebody to play that role. And his his numbers are, uh, in some areas, better than Dembele. So he's he's a better uh, attacking passer. He creates more assists. Passer. He's, passer. Yeah, he's a better passer of the ball than um, Dembele. And he's a more um, offensive and aggressive passer of the ball. His tackling stats are like they smash anybody else in our midfield. His interceptions, um, the way he moves, and just the, the sheer speed of the man. Have you have you seen him run? He's a yeah, he's, he's such a tidy player, and he's got quick feet. And it's just 
when he's got the ball and he's running forward with it, I know Dembele was almost, it was impossible to, to take the ball off him. But this guy just, he, he looks like a player that's going in the direction with purpose. Whereas yeah. I guess Dembele's problem sometimes was he didn't know what to do with the ball because he kept running towards the penalty area and then and then it just goes sideways. <laughs> are, we, are, we actually, are we actually digging out Dembele because... No, no. I, I look, it's a bit, a bit of satire. Like, I, I, I love the bloke and, and he was... He was it's such a key factor to to that first Pochettino team. Um, but whereas this guy, actually, like Bardi said, he actually looks like the finished article, like a 25, 26-year-old. Yeah. And he's not. So imagine how good he, he, he potentially will be. And he'd be wearing a Spurs shirt. So happy days. I just want him in that Spurs shirt. And, and then, the, I, then, I, then I'll uh, start playing with myself. Because the other thing he does as well is um, we the, the, a lot of football we've been playing last year. I don't know if you noticed, it's been quite long ball. We've been skipping the midfield because yeah. we don't have anybody in the midfield to break the press. So we basically avoid having to break the press by hitting Kane or Lorente or going over the top to um, Lucas and Son. Now, all of a sudden, we, we have the ability to change it up, to play through midfield, drag a team in and then and then hit them, which is, which is going to be great. And... Um, I'm I'm really excited about it. Like um, Spooky, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off getting fully erect until we see him in the shirt. But I think he, that there, there, there's at least a hundred thousand men around the world just holding off, like waiting, yeah, waiting yeah. desperately yeah. to beat their meat until seeing that image of Ndombele holding up a Spurs shirt and the scarf. Well, yeah, because we've been here before. Like um, William yeah. had a medical uh, Petit. <laughs> do you remember the famous Petit story where he yeah. first jumped in a taxi and went down the road? So I'm going to hold off, but it's it's an incredible signing if we pull this off. Different Tottenham. Different Tottenham. Petit, when Petit signed for Arsenal instead of us, different Tottenham. When William signed for Chelsea instead of us, different Tottenham. Is it like yeah. the own the only place that Ndombele would go other than Tottenham right now is if Man City came in and offered double his wages? They're going to do that? Nah, I don't think so. That's the only thing. Or Liverpool, but they they don't need Ndombele. Yeah, I, I think Ndombele Ndombele is young enough that he can he can come to Spurs. He can play two three years at Tottenham, and then when he hits twenty five twenty six, if he's thinking Real Madrid Barcelona, he's still got time to do it. So do you see? Do you I think. See? Mbappe's have said, yeah, go and join Spurs. They'll be a good club for you. If I was in Dombele and he said that to me, I'd slap him about his face. <laughs> oh, well, what, I'm a left of football than you? You know, go, go and join no. Spurs. They'll be good for you. I'm going to stay at PSG or I might go back, I might go by Barcelona, I might, might go Real Madrid, see what I fancy. But you go and fuck off to that little club Tottenham in London. But he's not, what's he going to learn at PSG? Um, he's not, like when, um, there's a, there's a really good young Italian midfielder, Tonali and Barella. They've been linked with PSG. What are you going to do there? You just you go there. It's a graveyard. You either get a shitload of money mm. and just count it. And like, look at Neymar. He's fed up. He was on he was on the cusp of becoming perhaps in the in the conversation of uh, Ronaldo and Messi. But he goes to PSG and his career everything goes backwards. I love you the fact that, that, I love the fact that Neymar's come out and went, yeah, I want to join Barcelona. Like like the world genuinely gives a fuck what you want. Like, no one cares, mate. Honestly, like, right, right, you go back to Barcelona, do you think the world's going to do backflips? The footballing world's going to do backflips if you re- rejoin your old club? No. <laughs> the best thing that could happen to Neymar is a double cruciate. Just so Harsh, but harsh, but fair. I don't know why he left. He was playing alongside Messi uh, uh, 
I mean, it's in, it's insane. It's Ego, not like he mate. wasn't earning Ego. money there. Do you know what I mean? And he, and he chooses PSG, yeah. like a nothing club, a club that only exists, well, it hasn't existed for that long, but it, 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 it exists for players, mercenaries at the top uh, level to go there and earn a bit more money. It's just... Spook, could you imagine Kieran Trippier ever coming out with the shit that he had, that, that, that name had? <laughs> Never. No, you wouldn't, it, Kieran nah, Trippier would nah. not dream... <laughs> of having the arrogance of Neymar and this is the issue Kieran Trippier's going to go win Serie A yeah he'll probably win more yeah, than Neymar can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's quickly touch on that um, Kieran Trippier 26 million Juve apparently um, sorry is uh, a long term admirer of, of, of Trippier <laughs> and, and, and reckons he could do a job in, in Italy uh, if that isn't a testament to why he's no longer a Premier League manager then I don't know what is I'll take no, 26 million Kind of harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Sarri's a good manager who did a good job at Chelsea uh, under difficult circumstances with difficult players. I think Sarri had a good season. How much? Uh, do you, all right. Let me let me pose something to you, buddy. How much do you rate Kieran Trippier? No, he's shit. All right. <laughs> How much does Sarri rate him? I don't, we don't know. I've never heard Sari say the word Kieran Trippier. But, uh, you know, if they're getting rid of Cancelo and swapping him for Trippier, they're getting the total opposite of a fullback. Um, he's walking around Turin right now, walking into bars, pissed up, going Kieran Trippier. He's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, if you look at the process to where we've we've arrived at right now, um, and what Levy's plan has been. You know, training ground was built. Well, it's five, six years ago now. Still regarded as one of the best in the world. Ours and, ours and Man City is apparently the top of the tree. Stadium, I think, is widely accepted as the best stadium in Europe, if not the world. Uh, long-term commitment from Poch, given why he's, his reactions in the press recently and the fact that he's had attention from Man United, Real Madrid, uh, Juve. Apparently, we're interested in him. Um, anyone who's come from, no matter how massive the club everyone has been kind of shunned whether it be through the press or from the club itself so a long-term commitment from Poch and the signings as you know if, if, if Ndombele is anything to go by it's a massive signing and mm-hmm. maybe more to come Jack Clark apparently is going to be coming in the next few days as well so we've been waiting so long for this kind of activity and we've had all of this stuff over the last six years. If you look at it all together as a package, some amazing things have happened at our football club. Are we, does it feel like to you, Barty, that we're building something great for the future? Does it feel like that? Yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, the way we've consistently finished in the top four now, we've even, even playing badly, we still get there. And it's just become natural to us. It's just part of the course now of finishing top four. And that was, I think, the first kind of step to really, truly becoming a big club and continuous football in the Champions League because you see what happens with the amount of money you get. And, of course, everything else that's gone with it has pointed towards us now that we are the third, fourth biggest club in this country. And, you know, we've always been... We've always been a few transfers away from actually doing some massive things. And hopefully now we're, we're going to see something better now. Um, Spook. So yes, right. And Dombele will become our record signing. Yeah. Fee looking to rise to sixty-two million. Apparently, Levy sort of his opening gambit was around forty to fifty million. Leon wanted closer to eighty, and they've met somewhere in the middle here. 
Yeah. Which is probably where they both saw the valuation of the player because you understand the kind of bartering and haggling goes. Yeah, um, of course. They, they can't show weakness and just go with the first bid. So. Yeah, and there's history, isn't there, between Levy and, um, and the Leon is chairman. It, is, it, is it still the same chairman then? Uh, uh, for, the, for the narrative, then we're going to say, yeah, because who, who listens to this <laughs> is actually going to know. Apparently they made up though, like they, they had a falling out saying like, what was it, the, the Leon chairman at the time called Levy like it's one the of the... same guy. Is it the same guy? It, yeah, it was, um, it was when, when they were um, negotiating for Lloris. Exactly. Yeah, he said it, it was something like it was the most painful experience of his life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, and imagine like this midget walking into the room, Gan, this is going to be a walkover and not realising he has the biggest case of little man syndrome in the world. Not only, he's got, not only has he got to buy a football club like Spurs, and make it bigger than it is. He's also got to build the best football stadium. He's got to have the best training ground. He's got to have the best manager. And now he wants all the players for as cheap as possible. He needs to grow. Daniel Levy needs to grow up. Um, does does um, does he sit in the in the midfield with Sissoko and Winks? Is that what you see, Spook? Um, I think he sits in there with with Winks. If we can keep Winks fit. Um, I think the combination it just uh, at the minute we don't have an identity in, in in central midfield like 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 you said we've been bypassing it and you you look at look at past posture teams we've had that pivot we've had that we've had that ownership in the middle whereas you know Eric Dyer's been off the boil for quite a while Wanyama's never quite been the same player that he was Sissoko came out of nowhere to be fair and and created a role and a responsibility for himself in there but we we need that added depth and we we need to stylize what we're actually doing in the middle so yeah I mean I, I guess Sissoko might evolve further yeah, I mean, I've no idea. Well, you know, when, when you look at the squad at the minute, I guess one of the things that we've got to work out, or what Pochettino's probably working out, is who are the players that are perhaps good enough to, to still be playing for Tottenham, but not good enough for the first team. And that usually means that we, we kind of push them out. So what, it's what a case players, of balancing. Let, let, me ask, let me ask you, buddy, um, what, what players do you deem surplus to requirements right now? Obviously, um, Jansen, like that goes without saying. And people like Enka do that. Like, if you can get 10 million for the pair of them, you take it. But anyone you think on the fringes, you think we should remove potentially to create, um, you know, transfer fees to, to bring players in? I mean, there's, when I look at Wanyama, and I, I don't think he's ever going to get back to the level he was. But I still think for a mid to lower league um, Premier League team, he's worth something. So... I'd probably think to move Wanyama on, but then obviously if you move him on, how much? I don't know, 15, 20 million. But the problem is, if you move him on, we have to fill that space. So I think we'll probably end up keeping hold of Dyer and Wanyama this season, either because we can't get the money we want for them, or they're going to have a a summer rest and we'll we'll see where they are and evaluate from there. But for me... Our best performances under Pochettino was the 3-4-3 that we beat Chelsea at home with. That The season, we kind of pushed Chelsea a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we had um, Dembele and Wanyama in that midfield. So perhaps we could see something similar with Ndombele and Winks and then use um, Sissoko as an alternative to Ndombele in certain league games, cup games, and then maybe using Wanyama or Skip or Dyer as an alternative to... Um, to Winks, perhaps that's how we're going like, to play. Players like Skip and Dyer, though, 
and it, it's a little bit harsh on Dyer to compare him to uh, at the level with Skip, but I think in terms of the squad, it's fair now. I wouldn't sell Dyer and I wouldn't move Skip out on loan at this stage because but we need depth. We need people to... Dyer doesn't offer us anything in terms of a Champions League squad place. He's not classified as British and he's not classified as homegrown. So he's basically a Brazilian or an Argentinian. Body, because, body. Yeah. Get him out of my football club. <laughs> yeah, he's not British. <laughs> get him the fuck out. He's not British. Get the him same out. with Ben Davies, to be fair. Get ben him Davis out. doesn't count as homegrown. Who else? Come on, I love this. Who, let's, let's, let's fucking call this squad. Who else, Bardi? Who else? Is, who, uh, what other <laughs> cunts can go? Nkudu can go. Lorente yeah. can go. Janssen can go. Foreign, 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 foreign. <laughs> yes. Any Brits? Uh, keep I, him. Skip. Keep him in. Quite like Skip. I thought in the last <laughs> end of the season, I thought against Everton, he came on and looked bright and looked kind of very um, future winks. I, I, I like the cut of his jib. He is English as well. <clears throat> Have you he looks... Yeah, mate. If, if there isn't... There's, you know, you, know you, you can search... Like, Spanish people can tell Spanish. This is going to sound a bit racist now. Yeah. You know, um, an African man, sure. you can tell he's African. Skip. <laughs> That's not right. This don't laugh. It's not. That's not an offensive thing to say. Uh, Skip is as English as you're going to get. He's face for sure. He goes on holiday and makes a, a hat out of the sun and puts it on his head. That's how English he is. Exactly. That's like yeah, that's racist, mate. Uh, no, like a little pirate hat. <laughs> <laughs> little pirate hat from I, the newspaper. I, I want to bring yeah. something back to what Barney said a little bit earlier. I think he called um, and and a, a a panther. I think that's racist. No, a leopard. Oh, yeah, he sorry, a leopard. Like a leopard. Yeah, I'm He's pretty sure leopards leopard. only exist in in um, in Africa. So <laughs> that's that racist. Spook, you're, you're, I'm just. I'm not saying it is racist. I'm just throwing up in the air so that you know we we have these discussions in open so that people can't chat on Twitter and that. Okay, he's We're, fast as lightning then. <laughs> no, you can't bring it back. What, <laughs> the truth is what too you late, said man. Earlier. Yeah, speak. What are we saying? Barley racist or not racist? <laughs> I'd say mildly racist. <laughs> Inoffensively racist. Can you be? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. No, I mean, it's, it's a fair comparison. Uh, where are we? Uh, okay, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, we spoke to Kristen Hennig when we were first linked to Ndombele um, because he knows a bit more about every footballer under the sun than I do. And he had a few good things to say about him. So what you're going to hear now over the next five minutes is this pre-recorded conversation that we had to let you know a little bit more about what could be, because it isn't over the line yet, what could be an incredible sign for Tottenham. So let's move on to Ndombele then. Um, obviously massively linked again, uh, rumoured to be around £71 million. Spurs have been in around £50 million. That might be euros or pounds, but... Um, for someone we've been linked with for so so long that you kind of think like, this is another one that's never going to happen. But it seems, if you if you believe any of the reports in the domestic press and the French press, that, um, that, that that something might be happening. Again, my the limit to my understanding is on YouTube videos, and he does look in bloody incredible in those. Um, <laughs> but so so what, what what kind of player? Do you expect that should this go through a Spurs signing? And actually, no. Let's leave it there. What, what kind of player? What player are we, are we signing if he does come? One that I'm really envious of um, because well, as a he, Newcastle fan, just just as a person that plays football, really? never never mind as a fan. Just because he, there's something about him that 
there are a number of times where I've watched him and you think he's about to lose the ball and somehow he just gets a toe to it and he's away. Um, the, the buzzword for, I think, this one is ball progression because that's really what I think Ndombele's his main asset is. He has a few, but it's the idea that he can pass through the lines, he passes forward quite often, um, but he can also carry it quickly through the lines. And I think if you look at this Spurs squad in the context of the situation, Moussa Dembele going to China, it seemed like a very astute piece of business in the moment because it was, I think, 10 million for a player that was out pretty much out of contract. Yeah. Soon. But then came the business end of the season and, you know, it was a little bit stretched, that squad, and you think, well, maybe an extra body would have been good. I think actually a replacement for Dembele in general would be good. And that, for me, is, is what Ndombele is. I mm. think it's it might sound too easy to grab at that, but I think a lot of the things that left when he departed will come back with Ndombele. Um, yeah, I, I, I see that as well. I think, um, uh, you know, he, he's ball carrying in mid... in tight space in midfield. What, what he kind of winks has done, but not to the same effectiveness that Dembele had, did, did do at Tottenham that Ndombele perhaps could do. And you're right, he's quick feet. He's uh, willingness to carry and hold onto the ball in difficult situations, which you see, that, like the footage that I did see of him, the players that were playing against him would crowd, try and do their best to like, put pressure on him and crowd him out. And mm-hmm. in a modern game where... Um, ball retention and, and um, pressure are so important. Like if you retain the ball in the way to the best of your ability, it's about how well the other team can press you and whether or not they can force you to make a mistake. But if you have players like Winks and like Ndombele in that side, then it kind of negates some of the offensive tools that some of the teams will be expected players next season will have. And mm-hmm. like my understanding of him before signing him, but before we potentially do sign him, was that we'd get a defensive midfielder that would break the ball up, break the play up, and, and get the ball rather. Um, but it seems it's somewhat changing that, that midfielders are responsible for so much more than just being destroyers like Makalele was, and what Dyer is is now. I think Dyer's found him, found himself in a weird position in Spurs' midfield in that his one role was to break play up and recycle position possession and he could do that by reading the game and um had had a decent amount of distribution amount of uh, sort of a midis play but players like Ndombele and Lo Celso who we we talked about last week and Winks it's like yeah we need you to do all of that but also we need you to play football in a stylish and inventive way as well and Ndombele seems to fit that mold yeah, no, no pressure. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's 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 a lot to ask of the midfielder, and and I think look, if we talk about Eric Dyer for England, and we look at the Netherlands and Frankie De Jong, yeah, and everything Gary Neville said about you know if, if it's not Pirlo, it's it's Modric, it's just that it's always someone that is conducting things and breaking English hearts. I, I do feel sorry for Dyer because I don't want to scapegoat him and, and kind of pick on him because I think he has a role. But I just I'm not convinced it's in midfield, um, yeah. and and I think part of that is is because of of that dribbling. I looked up some of the numbers just before we sat down here, and in all competitions, Ndombele averaged five point zero five dribble attempts per ninety. Um, that blitz is pretty much every midfielder or central midfielder, I should say, that, that Spurs have. Dyer was zero point four seven. Wanyama was one point six seven. Winks 2.1 and Ericsson 2.5. Mm. 
on top of that, it's one it's one thing to attempt dribbles, <laughs> speak from experience. Yeah. It's another <laughs> thing entirely to actually complete them. Yeah. Um, and his his rate of completion is higher than any Spurs midfielder over eighty percent. So he's he's not just going on runs and losing it. He's he's actually getting to where he's supposed to as well, which is another important factor. And I think if I look at the let's say the back stretch of the season with Spurs what I saw Pochettino try to mould Sissoko into, what he wanted him to do, I, I see a similarity with, with what Ndombele could do. So, Spook, it seems like the famine is finally over. We've, we've, we've made a signing, or, or you know, we're close to making the signing. Does this put two fingers up to the naysayers that have been saying that, you know, inside the Tottenham fan base and outside who uh, kind of levy out or, or kind of think we're a club that isn't ambitious? Yeah, of course. But then you got to remember Spurs fans are as bad as rival supporters um, in terms of uh, d- changing the narrative, depending on whether we're winning or losing, uh, which is probably just the same for any any fan base out there. So when we're doing well, no one really complains about Levy. And then if we fall off the pace and, and, and we're lagging and we've got injuries, it's, well, if Levy had spent money in Jan... Uh, we would have consolidated and then people start talking about that red nap year when we, we brought in uh, two uh, randoms rather than spend millions and millions and that we missed out on um on uh, or was it the Mike Neo? Am I thinking about no, Mike Neo? Saha, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was red nap. Uh, the same thing happened in, in, in 2006. Season campaigners. Well, this is the point. Like, it's easy to 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 kind of wait and then and then stop moaning about something or just wait, scapegoating for the sake of it. And yeah, Levy is tight, and there are methods to to what he does. But when you do look at the stadium, and you you do look at Hotspur away, and people might say these things don't matter. Well, they of course, matter. they matter because the players that's their workplace. That's where they go to work. And they're going to state-of-the-art training grounds and stadiums. And it creates a buzz because all the supporters know that the club is, is, is improving its stature. And that's naturally going to bring you more revenue. And, and, and that's what players look for. That's what their agents look for. So we're, we're, we're an attraction. And, and whether you like it or not, you can bang on about we've not won any trophies since the League Cup and, and leave you this, leave you that. But the reality is football ain't the same as it was. We, we need to, in fact, we need to stop comparing it to past decades. It is what it is. You know, if we were financially doped before uh, fair, you know, the, the whole financial regulations actually kicked in for real, maybe we'd be winning leagues by now. But we're having to do it organically and we're still competing. Like, like Bardi said, even when we don't play well, Somehow we, we qualify for the Champions League. That that isn't Tottenham. That's not in our DNA to to luck out like that. So culture wise, on every level at the club, we're 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 doing the right thing. So yeah, kudos to, to Levy. He doesn't give a shit about some random on Twitter slagging him off. But he's not even aware of card. it. He's not even aware. He doesn't, mate, he doesn't, doesn't know Twitter care. exists. <laughs> he doesn't care. Do you know what I wish I didn't? I really wish. Like, he's, he's reached a position in his life where he, he transcends human beings. He doesn't have to, like, he doesn't care what we think, any of us. And he certainly doesn't care what Peanut Ed on Twitter has to say about and him. 
Do so you know what? He's saying he's like some he's like some android who's just oblivious he's, to I, I, everything. I, I, no, no, I'm saying that he he's not an android. He's a human being that's earned so much money to not worry about the fucking plebs that are human beings. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, he, he, he's, he's a perfectionist. Sorry, right, sorry, but but, so, sorry, Spooky, to cut you. He, go, go, go. Buddy, yeah. he's better than us. Yeah, <laughs> probably. He, he's, he's, a better, he's, he's done better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's, you, he's more successful than, than pretty much everybody on, on Coy's Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if, 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 um, if, if being... Um, being a human being is a computer game. He's completely. He's completed, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's new, new paint club. He's, he's a fucking chairman of the club he supported as a boy. He's, right. He, the only person that can beat him in top trumps is Harry Kane, who scores goals and captains. Yeah. His boyhood club. But, but, but other than the, yeah. the Harry Kane's also completed it. But buddy, you remember, do you remember like arcades when we were younger? There was arcades and chip shops and uh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, so you might play Double Dragon or Street Fighter. Street, exactly, Street Fighter, right? So D- Daniel Levy is the guy who can clock Street Fighter with Ryu, right? <laughs> Spurs fan base is a six-year-old kid peeking over his shoulder, going, "Hit, hit jab, hit jab, hit jab." That, that's the difference. That's <laughs> fucking perfect. It is though, isn't it? That's what it's at. Yeah. Um, at any point in this this sort of journey, Buddy, have you been have you started to question Levy's tenure? Yeah, I think so. Um, I became quite disenfranchised under um, fucking ass. I apologise for using that word. I became kind of a little bit funny with Spurs under Sherwood. <laughs> You've done down so well there. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, yeah, under Sherwood. I mean, we all did there. Sherwood was tough, and yeah, um, I think. Um, yeah, Sherwood's probably the darkest time. I don't know, there's some... Um, I, got, I got pissed off with Daniel Levy when he sacked um, George Graham, funny enough, before <laughs> FA Cup semi-final against Arsenal. I was I was annoyed with him about that because well, I thought maybe... Buddy, what, done... what I'm asking is... Sorry. No, it's OK. In, in recent times where it's clear that we're on, a, on an upward trajectory, but because yep. we hadn't signed players and in the inverted commas, huge inverted commas, backed our manager... Did you, any point in the in the recent history did you think Levy is a tight ass and won't sign players because he's more interested in his uh, the bottom line? No, no, I've never, I've, I was never fully, I never fully believed the hashtag not one brick. I always knew <laughs> it, it was going to happen, and <clears throat> you know he's a businessman, he's a good professional. We knew, we knew it was going to happen. So off the field, not really. Um, on the field, I think probably Martin Yole, Wande Ramos, and Tim Sherwood was the only times that I had I lost a bit of faith in him. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Uh, Spook, what kind of statement yes, is this? This signing to the rest of the Premier League in Europe. Well, well, well you, you cut out. So, sorry. What what sorry, kind man. of statement is this to the rest of the Premier League in Europe? Do you think signing this player? It, it, like we said, it's it, it's a, it's a proper statement. It, it spurs art. Look, we could not have gone through this window without signing anyone, but we could have quite easily gone through this window and and, and signed randoms again or, or, or players that you've sort of heard of but you haven't, yeah. and they might be all right or they might be Janssen. Whereas every player we've been linked with is actually gets you excited. It actually makes you think, you know what? This improves the squad. This adds something 
to the squad. And with Pochettino anyway, I mean, I, I remember when we signed one Yarman, I remember a lot of people on Twitter saying, he doesn't improve the squad. And it's well, like, I thought well, that. what do you actually know? I, no, and the, the thing is, he did again, though, didn't he? quick to, to... Well, yeah, exactly, because Pochettino knew what he was doing. And, he, and, and Spurs, you know, we don't have the bench and we don't have the, the competitiveness in terms of players, even good players, worrying about losing their place to another good player. And, and, and the, these are the riches City have. And to, to a degree, even Liverpool, Chelsea have always had that, but they've got their, their own sort of deep-rooted, uh, cancerous issues in, in terms of how that club's run. But with Spurs, we're stretched every season and, and we're up against it every season. It's almost like we're defeating ourselves. We're, we're not we're not challenging for the title because we're just holding back a little bit. And signing a player like this, it's it, it probably means that other players will think, hold on a minute, like of all the clubs, you know, if I can't join City and I can't join Liverpool, then who else am I am I gonna sign for? Yeah, I think Tot- Tottenham, made- you know? Spooky made a really good point there about we, we're constantly fighting ourselves first. We're constantly trying to put out fires. Now, all of a sudden, signing this guy allows us to not play a Winx or not play a Sissoko and Every have cut, options yeah. to change it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Buddy, Ndombele's like, he had, he had options, didn't he? Like he's, he's, he's a player that's courted across Europe. Um, it, more or less any club would want him, barring... The, the elite and the, the the ones that are left who who weren't in for him when I'm when I say the ones that were left the, the teams that didn't seem to be into him were Barcelona Real Madrid Man City Liverpool um, mm-hmm. Juventus came in and went we'd like to have you two gun we'd love to have you and he was like no and Man United came up and went we'd, we'd love to have you come play for Man United and he went no I'm not going to play for Man United I've been to Tottenham training around I want to join them what does that say about your favourite club Juventus <laughs> they're not my favourite <laughs> in fact I felt quite out of love with Juventus when I went to watch Spurs play them in the Champions League I, I couldn't believe how plastic they were so yeah, um, yeah I don't know um, who, who, think, is your, who is your Italian team I don't know if I had to pick one probably Fiorentina most of my dad's team and the team that I kind of followed the most during the 90s, during the Batistuta era. But, um, yeah, no, fuck Juventus, man. I yeah, them. that's what I'm talking about. Um, this is an amazing time. It, like, it, we're, we're talking about this like it's definitely happened. There's still, I mean, we've seen many times before where this, is, this shit's fallen apart, but it does feel like it's happening. The players making the right noises. The club are and making it. Yeah, and just looking around at the, the bigger clubs that are, are, are there, I don't think I don't think Real Madrid would kind of they've spent a lot of money elsewhere. I don't think they're kind of ready. They need to shift a load of players before they can start buying more. I think Juventus are probably going to look at Milenkovic Savic, who's someone that knows Serie A and I I think will might suit them. But we we don't know under Sari. He doesn't want to go PSG because he's at Lyon, which might have a factor to do with it as well. And it, it just kind of I think the chess pieces have fallen in place that we're in a good place as a club. And um, there doesn't seem to be a space for him anywhere like that's, that's truly open. And he's going to come in and he's going to become the number one midfielder at our club. And I don't think any other kind of Champions League team can offer that to him. I've got a question for, to both of you guys, right? Imagine yeah. this scenario at the start of the season. 
Tottenham have bought Ndombele, we've bought Lo Celso, we've bought Clark and the Sessegnon brothers. Ericsson and Toby have both signed new contracts. What do we achieve next season? We challenge, even though Liverpool City is still um, they're still ahead of everybody by, by miles. We actually challenge for, for the title. We're, we're in the mix. And we actually lost, lost. The thing about Spurs is that we've been... We've dropped in form and style, like like Bardi said, long ball, bypassing the midfield, the, the whole swarming, pressing stuff that we did. We've not done for a while. So we're going to go, we're going to go from nothing, really, football, to, to, to something that no one's going to ex- expect from us again. So it's almost like a, the entire team is going to be rejuvenated. Beautiful. Bardi, what do you reckon? Uh, I, I, there's um, the Sorry. famous uh, the the Benfica manager from the 50s, Bella Gutman. He said that football clubs operate in a three-year cycle. So what we're looking at is Manchester City heading into a, a year-three cycle. Same with Liverpool heading into a third-year cycle. And now, I don't know how much Manchester City have left, how much they can keep repeating what they've done. And I'm not sure if Liverpool can go through and have another season like they've done. So with the right investment and a bit of luck, perhaps we could win the league. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is. I believe that three-year cycle shit. That's exactly yeah, what I believe. It's not shit. It's, it's fact. This <laughs> is a this is a guy that cursed Benfica. They haven't won a European Cup since he cursed them. This man knows his shit. He does. He, I don't know who he is, but I like the cut of his jib. And, and the thing is, like, it, it's not easy to win three in a row, no matter how good you are, because. Like inertia sets in any squad, no matter how good you. In order to win a Premier League season or a league season in any division, you have to have a belief and a will to do it, and that drive comes from a passion that depletes. You mm-hmm. can't like Carl Walker isn't going to go into a season with the same passion he did when he first signed for Man City. David yeah. Silver is leaving Man City because he doesn't have the passion to do it anymore. He's like saying, Vincent you know, Company. Vincent Company. Company's yeah. gone. And and. These aren't slights on Man City. This is just a natural order of things. A human being will always want to seek new challenges. And then that's why you wouldn't want to blame Ericsson if he wanted to go and do new things. Because how often can he replete? He's never going to be able to continue to, continue to deliver in the way that he has until he's 35 years old. Same with, that's why Messi and Ronaldo are freaks, is because they can continue to do it. But it's unheard of, really. So... You know, I, I I see something in that cycle. I see something in that cycle. And also, it kind of fits into... Go on. Sorry, but this, this is Klopp. Klopp managed Klopp after three years at Dortmund. They nearly got relegated. I mean, I'm not saying Liverpool are going to get close to being relegated, but he squeezed them. He squeezed them. And even towards the end of the season, you saw they were in a weak place. The Champions League final, they, they weren't there. They weren't the team that started the year. So how much these players have got left to give. And Liverpool, they, they kind of went through the whole season <clears throat> Gomez without a major injury. So, oh, mate, you, you've got me excited now. So, so I'm, in believe, I'm believing in the intangibles that you're spewing here. Like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of... Uh, I, I, I'd like logic to there, believe you two guys. Like, I'd like to believe that this three-year cycle thing will kick in this, this year. Um, I, I still think Liverpool and City have just, you know, sorry guys to piss on your parade. I just think they're, I don't think they're going away this season. And if anything, City might get distracted by the, the Champions League and Liverpool will, will forever be distracted by the Champions League. 
Uh, I doubt they're going to have the season they've had. I don't think they're going to be 20, 30 points, 40 points, wherever he was ahead of everybody else. And and, and Spurs, by what, by what I meant by rejuvenation is you've got this injection of new players and it, the rest of the players will be galvanised. Our style will change and people won't be ready for it. Teams won't be ready for it. And, and Spurs aren't going away, man. We're... we're we're edging closer to something, and like it's easy to believe it ain't going to happen because we keep missing out. But like we got to the Champions League final, whether we lucked out or not, there was desire and belief there. And what Pochettino's instilled in, in this in this in this club and these players, these players want they want to win something at Tottenham. They want to achieve something. So, so there's going to be a season like the Leicester season where no one turns up. But this time, there won't be a Leicester, it'll be Tottenham. Do you feel like that? <laughs> do I, I, yeah, so this is, I'm buzzing now because do you feel like that, <laughs> that even if it isn't next year, because you can see at the tail end of Man City and Liverpool's reign, it will still be a strong tail end. But yeah. Spurs, if this is the start of our next three year cycle, that will be our strongest next season. I'm not, I'm not, I understand well, that it's. Go, man. Yeah, I understand that it's stupid to, ah, oh, next season, next season, but there's a foresight here. And saying that actually, mm-hmm. that, that Liverpool and Man City can't be as strong as they can on the fourth year, but Spurs will be in the second when we'd be at the strongest, and that's when we win the league, boys, or the double. I think and it, exactly, it's it's, <laughs> it's history, man. Um, Pep at Barcelona, he was insane for his first three seasons. His fourth season, I think they just won. They just won the cup. They, he, it's very hard to demand that amount of precision. And that amount of um, intensity from players, and continue to repeat it season after season. Juventus managed. Juventus have done it, but they changed managers halfway through, and they're playing in Serie A where there's nothing else. Really, there's no real competition. Listen, listen. Let, let, let's just bring it back to Spurs, though, right? I don't need Spurs to have three years of absolute dominance. So it'd be fucking lovely if we did. I just want one year. Yeah, one season of glory, and 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 that can never be taken away. What we do after that, if we get more out of it, and we have our own three-year cycle, amazing. I just want these players to be validated. I mean, not that they're not already; they've given us moments, but I want certifiable uh, moments that, that that will be iconic, like Tottenham winning the cup in eighty-one, eighty-two, and and. The UEFA Cup in '84, like you, you want these players to be rewarded and, and forever be associated with with something more than like an Ajax game. So, so, I don't care about the players. I don't even <laughs> even care about. I want us to be rewarded. Me, yeah. you, and Bardi. I want us to be. We paid enough. Well, they're, they're our conduit, man. We need we I know. them to, to believe on our on on our behalf. Because if they don't, if they if they're not loving the shirt, then we've got no hope. And that's they, they do, that's man. They fucking do. And, and spook that brings us in, in massive full circle to what what we started eight years ago. We're about love the shirt. It's about it's about the shirt, the players that play, that the wear the shirt rather than the players within it. But it's also as we've grown older and become more um, understanding in the world, the players in it are as, as important. Anything to add, boys, before we finish? No, no. I'm good, I think. Good. <laughs> I just, oh, just wanted an official tweet to come out. Oh, well, it's coming. It's coming. All right, if, um, if you've enjoyed this, this is a, a rare insight or, or, or um, example of what we're doing behind the Patreon paywall. 
Um, so if you've enjoyed this, consider becoming a patron. Patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's P A T R E O N. All right, boys. Thank you so much for joining me, and uh, I'll no doubt see you soon. Thank you, Flav. See you, man. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.